Hello there, friends, and welcome to the Healthy Gamer Girl podcast. I'm Liz, the Healthy Gamer Girl, and I just wanted to take a quick opportunity to talk to you today about low-carb diets. Just an overview, nothing too specific. Um, Before I do that, though, I would like to point out that I am not a doctor or a medical professional, and this podcast is not meant to be taken as medical advice, but rather is just informational in nature. Please always consult with your physician before beginning any new diet or health regimen. Okay, so with that out of the way, um, basically I would like to talk to you a little bit about health, um, low-carb diets because I see them in the news quite a bit lately, and whether it's an article about how low-carb diets are good for weight loss, or low-fat diets are good for weight loss and low-carb diets are not, or it's an article about low-carb diets being great for arthritis. It it doesn't really matter. They're just in the news, and there's some misinformation. Of course, it's the news. They want to sensationalize anything, so if there's not really a headline, they'll make one. But I figured that there is a very simple truth at the heart of all of these studies, And I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about that today. I also want to talk about the fact that I rolled an Alliance character recently. And I have to say, for literally 10 years that I've been playing this game, yeah, my life is sad. um, I've really only just played Horde characters. And I don't know, I, I started, I've rolled some Alliance here and there. You know, when your server's down and you just like hop to a different server and you think, I should roll a Night Elf. Those things are kind of fun. I like to spin when I jump, but um, I don't know. I've never actually just played through content from the Alliance point of view, and it's kind of cool. Everything is so pretty. I really like it. I'm surprised that I haven't done this from the start. I, I'm also playing a Shaman, which for the first time, beyond like level 20. Um, I'm in the 60s now, so I'm going through Outland, and it's really cool. I don't know. It's just it's giving me a whole new lease on this game. So I know most people have probably, most people aren't like me and don't have like seven level 100s of the same faction just chilling out in their own garrisons. But if you do, if you are like me and you're getting bored with that, because I sure was, I would strongly recommend rolling and leveling with heirlooms. Um, a, a character of the opposite faction. It's kind of cool. You get a totally different perspective. And for those like lore nuts, you actually get a totally different um, like storyline. It's great. I think it's really cool. Anyway, <laughs> on to low carb diets. So all of these articles that you see in the news that have these conflicting headlines about what is good for you and what is bad for you and how like low carb diets will get tons of weight loss and then the next week you read another article that says, oh, low-carb diets don't do a ton of long-term weight loss. It's low-fat uh, diets that do that. Low-fat diets promote weight loss long-term. That's great. I'm sure that there are a million studies and they they do really all have conflicting conclusions. It's maddening. But that's just because, and it's crazy, but we're all different. We are all unique snowflakes. Fight Club lied to us. Every person is their own like individual little prince or princess who processes food differently and has their own unique thoughts. But the point of that is really biochemical individuality, which does state that we are all different and we do all process things differently depending on how many uh, chromosomes you have that 
processed carbohydrates. And I'm not just making that up. It's the amylase 4 or Amy 4 chromosome. And it is in charge of, well, not in charge of, but it is, I guess, instrumental in carbohydrate processing. And it determines how much amylase, which breaks down carbohydrates, that your body produces. And this is different in all people. So you might have between like 4 and 16, I think, are the numbers, different um, copies of this. This It's not a chromosome. It's a gene. I'm so sorry. You might have between 4 and 16 copies of this gene in your chromosome, and that directly impacts how many carbohydrates your body actually breaks down. So Roger Williams in the 1960s actually did studies on biochemical individuality with rats um, and vitamin C absorption. And he noted that all of these rats uh, responded differently to different levels of vitamin C. And from this, he concluded that we all process things differently. But this is true. I mean, I'm sure we've all done that thing where you try to eat what your friends eat for a week and just see how... It goes if you if you want to lose weight or if you're just curious, like, oh, my super skinny friend, how the hell does she eat all of that? Sorry for the, the curse there. But like, how does she eat like that? So you try to eat the same things, and it doesn't work for you. It does something totally different. And that's because you guys process things differently. You're different people. You have different nu- nutrient needs. Um, so along these lines, some people do really, really well on low-carb diets and Others might do well on a higher carb diet. I'm sure you've seen Freely the Banana Girl on YouTube who is a super, super strong proponent of high carb diets. She is so convinced that her entire physique, which is pretty banging, really lean, um, is completely a result of these this high carbohydrate diet that she has. She's more or less a fruitarian, I think. So she only eats fruit, and then after 4 o'clock at night or something, she'll eat uh, gluten-free carbohydrates, like a lot of potatoes and corn, quinoa. But um, yeah, she's like basically on an all-carb diet and looks fabulous. But I mean, like that doesn't say what's going on inside. That's just aesthetics. And then she also, I should note, bikes like crazy. She's super, super active, which is good. Carbohydrates are great for super, super active people because it's quick energy that your body can just burn. That doesn't mean that's without consequences though. So your body does produce, um, it's called advanced glycation end products. So every time your body digests sugar, it creates these compounds, which they're called AGEH is the acronym. And that's kind of what they do. They just prematurely age your body. They're these like gross little sticky proteiny compounds that stick to things in your body and gum up the works more or less. Anyway, so some people like her might do really well on a higher carb diet while others like um, Jimmy Moore from Live and La Vida Low Carb just thrives on a low carb diet. He's the guy who's been known to eat sticks of butter for like breakfast, literally like a stick of Kerrygold butter. And he does so well and swears by this low-carb diet. Gary Taubes, the um, science writer, he also says he does incredibly well on a low-carbohydrate diet. Now, Jimmy Moore and Freely the Banana Girl are on two separate ends of the spectrum, and they both say that they can maintain their weight by eating, well, Jimmy Moore is like basically all fat, and Freely is basically all carbs. So they eat opposite things and both do really well. Now, I wouldn't be able to eat how Freely eats, 
and do that well. I tried a high carbohydrate diet one time and it was totally miserable. I was freezing. I was hungry all the time. I was cranky. I couldn't sleep right. I was miserable. And this was in the middle of the summer. I was freezing all the time in the middle of summer. Um, I've also tried a super, super high fat diet and not necessarily done as well. I think I'm one of those people who really needs to be in the middle, but on the lower carb end of things, which is fine. We're all different. So when you see articles like that, that's part of what's going on is that they're not taking into account how different we really all are. So now that I just rambled at you, even though I promised I wouldn't, let's talk about what a low carb diet is because that's another thing that's often mixed up. So there are many definitions of a low carb diet and that kind of stems from the fact that the FDA recommends 300 grams of carbohydrates on a 2000 calorie diet. And that's for men, women, and children over four. So 300 grams of carbohydrates is kind of the baseline. That's like your recommended daily allowance. Um, a lot of people consider things under that to be lower carb. Um, over is certainly high carb. Um, for reference, or just kind of to understand how many grams of carbohydrates 300 really is, if you were to take a Krispy Kreme original glazed donut, one donut, it's 190 calories, that's only, well, not only, that is 21 grams of carbohydrates right there. So in order to hit that 300 grams, you need to eat, what is it, like 14 and a quarter of these donuts. Now granted, that's not what the FDA is saying. They're not saying like, oh, you, you should eat 14 donuts every day. Like, I really, that would be hilarious. But they're not. They're not doing that. But that is how many donuts you would have to eat to get to that level of carbohydrates. That's a lot. That is a lot of sugar. And again, that doesn't take into account added sugar or anything, but that's just a lot of sugar. And you might be saying, oh, no, but the 300 grams of carbohydrates isn't all sugar. No, you're right. They do recommend whole grain sources, which have fiber, which can slow the um, processing of the carbohydrates. But the end products of digestion for carbohydrates is always sugar. So it might take longer to get there, but effectively, a carbohydrate will always go to sugar. Of course, this is not, doesn't take into account um, fiber or resistant starch, which do get digested differently. But for all intents and purposes, a slice of white bread is kind of akin, sugar-wise at least, to eating like a cookie or like a, a donut. I mean, it doesn't take the other macros, but that's more or less what you get. So that's where we start, the FDA recommendation of 300 grams of sugar. Now, Mark Sisson, who is the author of the Primal Blueprint, which is more or less like a riff on the paleo diet, but a little more inclusive, a little more forgiving of um, human nature. Like he's all for eat, drinking beer when he wants to. Um, he eats dairy and, and beans. He basically takes the paleo diet and then changes it for what, work for him, what works for him and what foods work for his body and make him feel good and just doesn't eat what doesn't. It's, it's pretty good. But I mean, again, beer probably doesn't make him feel good, like physically, but it's emotional. Um, so Mark Sisson recommends about 150 grams a day of carbohydrates, which is half the FDA recommendation. It's also still like, so that could be considered low carb. It's about half. It's, a, it's still a solid amount of carbohydrates. Back to donuts, it's about seven donuts. And 150 grams of carbs is like, 12 cups of yogurt. It's like 
It's a lot. It's a lot of food or a lot of sugar and a lot of carbohydrates. So that's like pretty good. It's a pretty good amount. Now, when we get more extreme with low-carb diets, we have ketogenic diets, which is where your body just burns fat preferentially over sugar. So completely like fat-burning machine. And um, this is what Jimmy Moore is a huge fan of. And there are a few other names out there. I don't know if you've heard of Abel James. He's the fat-burning man. His podcast is awesome. He's got a great book. He's got um, tons of recipes that he and his wife, Allison, who was a professional gamer, um, their book is incredible, but he's also a fan of ketogenic and cyclical ketogenic diets. Um, and he is, his stuff is great too, so you should totally go read that and listen. But a ketogenic diet's kind of extreme. It's when your body is just burning fat, so you're eating the minimum amount of carbohydrates essentially that will allow your body to stay in this fat burning mode. And for a lot of people, that seems to be around 20 grams of net carbohydrates. Now, net carbohydrates takes out the fiber because your body won't digest that in the same way. So if you have, like, let's say a cup of zucchini, which I think is like five grams of carbs, but within that, like a gram and a half of uh, fiber, that's really three and a half grams of carbs for that cup of zucchini. So it's... A little forgiving in that sense, but at the same time, it's still really strict because 20 grams of carbs is not a lot at all. Um, a lot of people confuse ketogenic diets with ketoacidosis, which is uh, a form of essentially like poisoning that diabetics tend to go into, and it can lead to like a, a diabetic coma. They're not the same thing. Um, you most people will enter a ketogenic state naturally every day anyway, just while sleeping because your body has no food. There are no food sources. So it's just, it starts to burn its own fat. This also happens like if you go a couple days not eating a lot and then maybe you have a crazy like work day and you just skip breakfast and skip lunch, you're probably in ketosis at that point. Like most people do it every day. And in fact, some Inuit and First Nations tribes far, far up north actually live in a ketogenic state most of the year just because of the fact that they're eating predominantly greens and high-fat foods that are in their area. There are very few high-sugar foods around them. So at least indigenous peoples, and that was probably... It probably doesn't happen that much anymore, but still, like, there are some people that live in a ketogenic state all the time, so it's not necessarily dangerous. It's just a different state that your body is in, and your body is always in these different states shifting back and forth. Um, most low-carb diets, though, kind of fall somewhere in the middle of Mark Sisson's 150 grams and the ketogenic 20 grams, so... I know a lot of people who eat between 50 and 100 grams of carbohydrates a day, not, not including fiber, and that seems to be like kind of somewhere in the middle. So that's more or less an overview of what low carb is. It's just basically lower carb than the FDA recommends, kind of by a lot. I want to talk really quickly about what a low carb diet is not. Um, a low-carb diet is not the paleo diet. Paleo is not low-carb. Paleo can be low-carb, but they're not the same thing. Um, many people on the paleo diet tend to eat less carbs naturally just because they're cutting out processed foods, grains, legumes, or dairy, all which can be pretty high-carb. 
there are people who do eat high carb paleo. Paleo is a separate thing. It would be like, um, like vegetarian, like or vegan. You can have a high carb or low carb vegan or vegetarian, but the diet, like being vegan and being vegetarian, is not necessarily being low carb or high carb. Um, in fact, actually, paleo really like is a strong proponent of eating a ton of fruits and vegetables. So they mo they mostly don't fall within the super low carb. It tends to just be lower carb. Um, an all meat diet, that is not a low carb diet. I just want to throw that in there. I know that when Atkins and South Beach first hit predominantly or pro predominantly, I can't talk right now, mostly Atkins, people kind of just assumed that it was like literally slathering bacon and butter and putting that on a steak and wrapping it in scrambled eggs and cheese and more bacon and then eating that like a giant turducken of just meats and cheese. And that's not really what it is. Um, both the Atkins and South Beach diets actually really strongly recommend vegetables. They have lists of veggies you can eat with the carbohydrate content. And that's because low-carb diets have nothing, not nothing, but they don't really, I guess, determine what foods you eat. It's just a macronutrient. It's just trying to reduce these macronutrients. So a lot of people on low-carb diets still eat a ton of vegetables. I do, like, for sure. Veggies are the basis of most of my meals because they're really good for you for so many reasons and I don't want to cut them out. Um, I also think that vegetables are the best place to get your carbohydrates. It's just plain and simple. Um, so actually, if you want, in the show notes, I can link a list of vegetables and their carb counts because that's kind of neat. Um, low carb number or low carb diets are actually also not a set number of carbs. As we talked about before, it's kind of a range and it's more free flowing, which I think perplexes a lot of people because we're a society that loves a diet plan and we love to be told do X, Y, Z and you'll lose weight or do X, Y, Z and your acne will clear up. Just follow these simple steps, live by this macro plan, measure out this way that, and Yes, there are some diets like the ketogenic diet, which really is a set number, sort of, it varies, but it's really not like this strong dogma or this doctrine of how many carbohydrates you can eat. It's more of an individual thing where you figure that out along the way. And finally, low-carb diets are not a weight loss bullet. You still have to monitor caloric intake. You can't just literally eat all eggs and and expect to, well, actually, you probably could if you only ate eggs, lose a lot of weight, but only because, like, it's a limiting factor. We can't all, like, cool hand Luke it and eat almost 60 eggs. Um, you really, there's, there's a strong limit on how many, like, of a high-fat food you can stomach. But a lot of people who are using low-carb diets as, like, an instant weight loss thing might be a little bit disappointed because, Unless it's some sort of terrible starvation diet, which does a lot of damage to your body in other ways, it's really difficult to lose a lot of weight all at one time. So who might benefit from a low-carbohydrate diet? Um, the short list is pretty much those who are prone to diabetes or other like metabolic and sugar regulation disorders for, for obvious reasons. Just don't eat sugar if you're diabetic because your pancreas can't handle it. Um, those with hormonal disorders like PCOS and estrogen dominance. And I can link to some information on that in the show notes. 
because it's actually very interesting. Picos is polycystic ovarian syndrome. And if you are a guy, you almost definitely do not have it. If you're a woman, that's um, like extra moodiness, like incredibly bad um, PMS. It's, it's basically that you have cysts on your ovaries and it causes all these tertiary symptoms or secondary symptoms. Um, similarly, endometriosis, individuals with, that, uh, with endometriosis have been shown to benefit on a low-carbohydrate diet, and it's basically due to hormonal balance. Um, again, I'll do, some, I'll do some linking in the show notes if you can read some studies. Um, also, individuals with epilepsy can benefit. Ketogenic diets first gained a great deal of exposure from treating children with epilepsy, and there's been a lot of studies done, and there is a lot of evidence that shows that a ketogenic diet is incredibly beneficial to these individuals. And along those lines, um, multiple sclerosis. So if you've never heard of Dr. Terry Walls, you have to check out the links I'm going to post because she is so cool. She's pretty badass. She was this doctor at the, um, she's a, a, I think a neurologist at the Cleveland Clinic, which is like the Cleveland Clinic. It like is the premier hospital. It's great. Um, you should, follow, I follow them on Twitter. You should too, if you're interested in reading medical studies, it's really cool. And they, and they make it, I mean, like medical studies for lay people, like I can understand them. So it's kind of neat. But Dr. Terry Walls was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis and she was like a championship martial artist when she was in college. Like she was very fit, very active. And her MS actually deteriorated her nerves and her body to the point where she was bedridden, totally bedridden, this wonderful, vibrant, active woman. And after taking so many supplements every day, she decided she was done with that and she was going to cure herself. She was going to figure it out. And so she did all this research and I won't, I won't ruin it completely because it's so worth checking out her Ted talk and reading her books. But, um, she essentially developed this diet plan that was contained a lot of the macronutrients and micronutrients. She realized micronutrients, really, she realized she needed to heal her body. And so now she has gone from being stuck in bed and it was, it wasn't instant. It was over time, but she's now active again there. She had pictures of her riding horses with her kids and riding her bike. And she's walking around all the time on her own. And she's also developed a ketogenic protocol for her MS plan, which is study she's studying right now. So that's another example of a low carb diet that was so rich in vegetables and so healing and so nourishing and you should definitely check out Dr. Terry Walls. Another group of people who can benefit is autoimmune sufferers, autoimmune condition sufferers. So those with like Raynaud's and thyroid conditions and arthritis and celiac and Crohn's, there's a whole host of disorders. And they say that going gluten-free is helpful because often these disorders can be a reaction to the body with gluten. Just your body mistakes it for another protein for a um, like a a protein from like your tissue that can happen with hypothyroidism and starts attacking your thyroid whenever you consume gluten. And this is biological mimicry. And it's because your body's, I guess, like destroy your cells. We'll say, I'm just going to keep this light on the science for now. But your body's cells, your like attacking cells essentially only read the first portion of a string of amino acids and a protein. So gluten is really similar to thyroid protein. And so whenever your body now encounters gluten, it just sends an all-out attack and goes after your thyroid as well, which is like 
It's not great. It's <laughs> not good. Um, so they've noted that not only do gluten-free diets help with these conditions, but also a low-carbohydrate diet because essentially of the inflammation. I'll talk about that for a little bit in a second. And then finally, those with high triglycerides and or bad LDL cholesterol that are aiming to lower these numbers. That's because both triglycerides and your cholesterol is actually less connected. It's not really at all connected to your dietary cholesterol, just maybe ever so slightly. It's more connected with the carbohydrates that you consume. And I'll link to information on why this is why this is the case. It's fascinating. It's so fascinating because pretty counterintuitive. Um, so these groups can really benefit. And I mean, like I'm not trying to sell you on a low-carb diet. I'm just giving you the information you would need if you were curious about it. But a lot of the times I get asked what I eat because I do. I do follow a pretty low-carb diet. I mean, right now I'm at about 50 carbs a day. I like I'll fluctuate between like 30 and 100 more or less on any given day. So what do I eat? I eat veggies, I eat meat, I eat fish and eggs and some fruit and some nuts and seeds and some beans. Uh, I don't eat grains at all or certain nuts and seeds because of pretty bad food allergies, but other people on a low-carb diet totally eat those without problems. That's just an allergy thing for me. So um, as you can see, I like aside from the grains, which again, allergy, I don't really eliminate any foods except for highly processed foods so it's like I'll eat within those <laughs> within my food allergies and within like the carb intake I'll eat whatever I want I just avoid foods that have added sugar that have flour which again is also part of the allergies but um I don't really try to eliminate things or not eat things I like. I eat brownies and cookies and other baked goods that I've made and sweetened with either like the slightest amount of a natural sweetener like honey or maple syrup or coconut sugar or a tiny bit of stevia which I find to be like the least controversial of artificial sweeteners and the least harmful to your body. So I eat kind of yeah whatever I want it's pretty great. I also make almost all of my food just one, again, because of allergies, but also just because it's kind of fun. I enjoy like tinkering around with recipes and figuring out what macronutrient ratios work for food or like how to substitute for flour and sugar. It's really fun. It's kind of cool. Um, so I really enjoy it. And I've noticed a lot of positives and switching, well, not switching, but since reducing my carbohydrate intake and my processed carb intake. And a lot of it is less water weight, which for you ladies, you'll appreciate. But in order for your muscles to store just a gram of glycogen, which is like the, your, the energy source derived from carbohydrates, and it's not a bad thing, like you should have glycogen stores, but your body stores four grams of water, which accounts for a lot of that like instant weight loss people experience when going on a super low carb diet. Because it's like your body's burning through all of these carbs and not replenishing them. So they don't need the water for storage and processing. So you just you pee a lot more or less so you pee out a lot of weight um and like granted that weight loss is not sustained completely like that's not like actual fat loss but it definitely gives you a little boost when you look on the scale um also I just feel better when I'm not so swollen especially right now in the summer where it's super hot also I find that I have an increased sense of satiety so I feel fuller when I'm not eating so much sugar and carbohydrates and I think part of that is insulin 
spiking. Maybe almost all of it is insulin spiking um, because if you eat far less carbohydrates and sugar, your insulin does not spike as much and there's less swings in your hormones. There's fewer, little, less cortisol release and fewer cravings for junk food, which is kind of cool. I mean, the first few days of being on a low-carb diet, you're probably going to freak out and want all the junk food. But, I mean, for the most part, you'll have lower, or not, not lower, but fewer cravings. And then less inflammation. So I have some autoimmune conditions, and my body is really sensitive to foods that cause inflammation. And like, I'm like 28 years old, and I have a lot of joint pain if I eat the wrong foods. And it's really annoying and kind of irritating pretty painful. So I've noticed that when I eat these low-carb diets, assuming that I don't eat foods I'm allergic to, like almonds, I have less inflammation. And that's partially because sugar is a highly inflammatory food, and its digestion can cause the release of a lot of inflammatory compounds all throughout the body. Um, most diseases today, like heart disease, arthritis, obesity, are considered to be diseases of inflammation, like caused by inflammation. And so by reducing the sugar and reducing the inflammation, which is swelling essentially in your body, you're like reducing either the likelihood that you'll get these diseases potentially, like again, not a doctor, not saying this is definite, just saying there is the potential. Um, but you're also kind of alleviating the symptoms. Like I've noticed that my autoimmune conditions kind of go into remission a little bit when I'm eating a low carbohydrate diet, whereas when, or lower carbohydrate, whereas when I eat some sugar, like they all flare up like crazy. And finally, the last positive I want to mention is that it kind of reduced, and by kind of I mean completely, reduced the intake of sugary crap I eat. It also kind of forced me to think about what I'm eating more and put everything into a whole new light. So that's more or less the, the breakdown of a low-carbohydrate diet. And again, that was just the basics. It was 30 minutes, which is way longer than I thought it would be. And honestly, I lied to you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Next time, I'll just suck it up and admit that I'm probably going to babble for a while. But I hope that you at least learned some things and can mull over this information so that when, if you're interested in eating lower-carbohydrate, you have a, a starting point. Or if you're just reading a news article and you think to yourself, huh, that's weird. I kind of know some of the reasons why these articles about low-carb or high-carb or low-fat or high-fat diets, why they're written the way they are. Um, if you want to learn more or if you're curious about any of the topics that I discussed in this incredibly rambling podcast, I will have the show notes posted at healthygamergirl.com slash show notes. You can also just go to healthygamergirl.com and find them. And I'm also just going to post some recipes and other information about low-carb diets for funsies, because why not? So thank you so much for tuning in. Again, show notes are at healthygamergirl.com slash show notes. I really appreciate you listening, and uh, feel free to contact me or drop me a line over there if you have any questions or comments. So thanks, and have a great week.